This is a Grand Slamming Padres podcast featuring Dom DeRosa to talk about your San Diego Padres. What is good, Padres Nation? Now, let me answer that for you. Nothing so far has come good for the Padres in this month of August alone. It's been a struggling month despite an easy schedule that the Padres could have taken full advantage of, and it's not been happening. So much has happened within the past 24 hours as I'm speaking right now. I have just wrote a new blog as I predicted this one week ago, and it has finally happened, but that'll be for the later part of the episode. Now, I wanted to skip uh, another series and combine them since the Padres got swept in Colorado against the Rockies, who are good at home in Coors Field. I mean, the Coors effect does some wonders for you. But I was just so frustrated despite the Padres having the day off. It would have been a really short episode, uh, and I did not want to do that at all. So I combined it now with the Phillies, in which the Padres just didn't do so well in that. They almost got swept in that series, this time at home in Petco Park. And now they're going to be facing the L.A. Dodgers. Listen, division, of course, totally out of grabs for now. It's done. It's now... a chance to make the wild card as a road team and that's that's it the Padres put themselves uh, into this mess and they're gonna have to get their ways out of it right now they are out of the playoff picture as the Cincinnati Reds keep on getting hot they are a very talented team who moved on from the man himself Trevor Bauer and just looking pretty good so the Padres have a lot of work to do but they did just do something that has opened many people's eyes but I'm not surprised with this one so before we get into that I want to talk about the Colorado Rockies and of course the pitching that has just sucked this whole month and ever since June but especially in August the dog days of August are haunting San Diego and their hopes and dreams for good Ryan Weathers in a 6-5 loss uh, was absolutely awful (laughs) he went on the mound and pitched four innings Gave up eight hits, five earned runs, and three strikeouts. Ryan Weathers in August is 0-3 with a 13.17 ERA. That's in four games, three starts, and 13 and two-thirds innings. Weathers has allowed 27 hits with 20 earned runs. That's a whip of 2.12. Having a whip above around one is bad. Two? Oh, my... This kid's young. It's just frustrating to watch at this point. The four-seam sinker, it's getting hit hard. His slider is just being read easily now. Uh, so Weathers has lost it. I think they should call it Mackenzie Gore. I get the minor league struggles at this point for Gore, and he dropped in the prospect rankings down to like the 60s. I think it was 63. Uh, but you know what? You never know. It's, it's worth giving it a shot. I think Weathers needs more time in the minors now. Uh, He logged a good amount of innings while he could for us, but you got to move on at this point. Weathers now sits at four and six with a 5.27 ERA and just 80 and a third innings. He has 61 strikeouts and a whip of 1.39. So that's not getting it done as a reliever or as a starter. So Weathers would seem to be like he was going to be the guy in charge in April and in May. That totally changed. It's just not looking good. We've all lost confidence in Weathers, and this was not it. When I heard he was going to be 
on the pitching mound starting, I said that might be a good uh, big L right next to our name, in which it was. So Weathers was just getting hit hard, uh, and it wasn't pretty. So San Diego was down one nothing. Connor Joe, his seventh home run to right center off Weathers, starts things off in the bottom of the first. A deep shot. Now Eric Hosmer struck out swinging, but Cronenworth scored as it got by uh, behind the plate. And uh, so a wild pitch brought in Jake Cronenworth. So the Padres really caught a break right there. Uh, so that was a little bit of a relief. At that point, I was like, all right, maybe they can do something, have a weird kind of score. And that just didn't work. Trevor Story, who owns the Padres at this point, his 29th double makes it 3-1 at 2-RBI double. Charlie Blackman makes it 5-1 with a two-run home run. Uh, his eighth one of the year has always been a good player for the Rockies. Manny Machado cuts down the Rockies lead five to two RBI single brings in Fernando Tatis Jr. Trent Grisham top of the ninth all comes down to this opposite field home run for Trent Grisham has always been clutch. I've always liked Grisham, obviously a gold glove defender shows really good presence out there in the field. Uh, and it's just a good lefty bat to have. And I think, Grisham has really proven the Milwaukee Brewers wrong. We all make mistakes, and that one error did cost them uh, everything in the playoffs. But at the same time, look, it's going to happen. We're all human. So Grisham has really put himself out there with the Padres, and uh, I do like what he brings to the team and the value he has. So Grisham, number 13, couldn't come in any bigger way. A three-run homer to make this 5-5. And then bottom of the ninth, though, Rockies say we don't want to go into extras. CJ Crone, who's having one month in August, hits his 20th home run to right field off Daniel Hudson, the newly acquired San Diego Padre, has struggled quite a bit when putting on the round and gold as of now. In game two, the Padres lose seven to three. This was not fun at all. Matt Strom, a very hard welcome back, has been awful, the worst pitcher so far overall on this team. Uh, he sucked one in the third innings, four hits, one earned run, one strikeout. Reese Knurr, two hits, two earned runs. It just wasn't it. Padres just did not have it since the beginning of the game. And Charlie Blackman started things off with a forced ground out. It brought in a run. But what's up with Herman Marquez? He hit a home run in Petco against us. And then he gets an RBI single, brings in Elias Diaz. Him too. I mean, he's like an all-star whenever he plays us. It's just unreal. I don't understand this. We got to stop nitpicking when we're on the pitching mound and uh, actually be aggressive. And Larry Rothschild did not do that with his uh, tenure with the Padres at all. So can't wait to really get into that for you guys. So Herman Marquez, RBI single, makes it 2 nothing. Rogers doubles 3 nothing, And then Herman Marquez doubles. <laughs> his fourth one of the year. And he's hitting. He is hitting. Makes it 4 nothing, bringing in Elias Diaz yet again. Marquez is batting 222 for a pitcher, an OPS of 600. So, I mean, I guess whatever works, works. But what was amazing, I actually had hope for once. Uh, it just came up a little short, but the Padres go in the top of the seventh with three consecutive home runs off Herman Marquez to take him out and finally do some damage. Fernando Tatis Jr. hits home run number 34. No doubt at the center field was an absolute shot. Jake Cronenworth and inside the Parker, his second one of the season. What can this kid not do? 
number 18, the right center, had a really bad ricochet that just had Jake Cronenworth's speed written all over it. And then Tommy Pham hits the farthest home run in the majors this season. Number 13 goes 486 feet. Next thing you know, you blink and it's 4-3 Colorado rather than 4 nothing. So the Padres make an absolute noise. And then the Rockies took that personally. Charlie Blackman, wearing those pixelated sunglasses, hits his ninth homer. A uh, two-run homer makes it 6-3. And then C.J. Crone puts the cherry on top. Home run number 21. Like I said, C.J. Crone having himself one month in August has been absolutely excellent for them. And just a good veteran pickup. Now, Miguel Diaz, I've had a lot of confidence in him. He's grown as a youngster, has built up. He struggled with two run runs and then Tim Hill as well, who, I mean, Jace Tingler, if Tim Hill didn't have both of his arms, would still put him out on the mound because we overuse him for no reason. I love Tim Hill. I'm glad we traded for him. But why are we putting him out there for like every single bullpen appearance? It's ridiculous. Some of these guys need some time off. And this is what's going to hurt you at the end is overusing your bullpen, uh, just like Joe Girardi has done. And just like Aaron Boone has known the Yankees. So a little bit of Yankee slander right there. But today, we are friends with Yankee fans. So game three was not it as well. Jake Arrieta, the new Padre, because we're so desperate for pitching, we go after Jake Arrieta, comes on the mound, cannot throw absolutely anything without getting hit. CJ Crone, his 17th double, makes it 2-0 Colorado. And that's in the bottom of the first. Ryan McMahon makes it 3-0 with an RBI single. Will Myers, though, in the top of the second, quickly cuts it down to 3-2. His two-run home run is number 14, brings in Austin Nola off Chi-Chi Gonzalez. So there's a good start. Will Myers has also been getting hotter in August, which I'm uh, pretty satisfied with. We needed a little bit of a hot Will Myers to just get it going a little. Um, so I'm still having faith in that. This team just needs a little bit of a spark. And Will Myers, too, had a rough uh, pre-All-Star season. So his post-All-Star numbers are starting to get uh, noticed. And it's looking really good. Manny Machado ties things up in the top of the third. I had a little bit of hope. And yet again, that didn't happen. Jake Arrieta got a hit. So he actually scored a run as Machado with the RBI single brings in Arietta, And then the Rockies just go on a tear a little bit. They're not going away. C.J. Crone hits an RBI single. And then Will Myers, home run yet again. Two home run game for Will Myers, number 15 to center field off Ben Bowden. Really nice shot. Then Dom Nunez, like the 170 hitter, comes in off Jake Arrieta. Lefty, really nice swing to it to right field. Hits his eighth homer. And that was it. And that just soiled it up. Trevor Story. Two-run homer, 7-4, and then Trent Grisham, RBI single. Padres lose 7-5. to Ay-yay. San Diego 8-11 and this year against Colorado. This was not it at all. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not pleased. Or 11-8, sorry if I mixed that up just there. Uh, not, not good. Against the Arizona Diamondbacks, they struggled. Against the Rockies, they struggled. And the Rockies are holding their own. They have almost 60 wins. They moved on from Arenado. They kept Trevor Story at the deadline despite all the trade rumors. But you got to go out there and you got to play with that 
winning mentality. You can't go out there and expect to get the win by just looking at a team's record. It's just not doing it. So then the Padres go back home, maybe a little bit of calming down here. You're at home, try and get something out of it. And the Padres almost got swept, but an outstanding comeback for what was going to be a perfect game for Aaron Nola. And also the Nola family was in the house. Uh, I think Nola's father wanted to see the Phillies and uh, Aaron Nola take the win. And, you know, Nola was dealing out there, so I could see why. But at the same time, it was pretty funny seeing his reaction to what happened later in that game. But we have to get into game one first Padres lose four to three against the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, this nightmare is not ending anytime soon. Blake Snell is on the pitching mound here. Now, Blake Snell has actually not been bad at all. I probably just jinxed it, but I, I, you know, whatever at this point. Blake Snell in the month of August in four starts has a 2.45 ERA and 22 innings. He's given up just 16 hits, six earned runs. 10 walks and has himself 34 strikeouts. So keep an eye on Blake Snell as he keeps pitching better and better for San Diego because he is one of our final hopes if this keeps on going. So Snell on the mound did not do that bad, but does take the loss because of how the game went. Uh, JT Romuto, who's been in a huge slump, has his 19th double of the year. An RBI double brings in Jane Jagura. So that started things off for the Phillies right away. And then Bryce Harper, a no doubt number 23 home run to right, makes it 3 0 Philadelphia. Blake Snell knew it right off the bat. Manny Machado with his hardest hit home run this season. I mean, this was an absolute line drive. Number 22, a two run homer off Matt Moore brings in Tommy Pham as well. And it's suddenly 3 2 Philadelphia. Andrew McCutson, RBI double 4 2 Philly. In the top of the eighth. So <laughs> this is where it gets a little crazy. Right now, Natatis Jr., luckily he is okay. Gets hit by a pitch in the helmet, but is able to go to first. Uh, got up pretty quickly. And next thing you know, bases loaded. That brings a run in. So an RBI goes for Natatis' way and not the way he expected it. But Padres leave the bases stranded after that with Ian Kennedy, the newest closer on the mound. Just wasn't it. Um, Padres just didn't have it. 0 for 5 with runners in scoring position. 12 were left on base. Just not, that's not going to win you ball games one bit. So it just sucks to see Blake Snell take that, uh, that L. And wins, losses are not everything, but uh, he pitched his heart out. He's been doing much better. And the Padres offense was slacking in that one. So uh, it could be much better now going into game two. This was a fun one for sure. I mean, I thought this was going to be the one to bring us over the top and it just sadly was not. Now, before I get into it, shout out to Joe Musgrove. He has been the most consistent pitcher on this Padres team overall. I think we all expected him to be our fourth or fifth guy. I did too, but with everything going down, he has been the best pitcher, has very rarely had a bad start. Maybe he's been average, but he has just been excellent, very consistent throughout. So Musgrove, yet again, pitching a very good game and a very wild comeback. It was a pitching duel for the good first seven innings, eight innings of this ball game, 
And uh, yeah, Aaron Nola was holding a perfect game throughout six, seven innings. And uh, Trent Grisham reached on base via the error. And next thing you know, he goes second. Manny Machado brings him in. It's tied 1-1. How did we get there? Odubel Herrera, his 10th home run off Joe Musgrove in the top of the first. Uh, otherwise than that, Musgrove settled down very quickly. And Manny Machado, bottom of the seventh all the way to then. RBI single brings in Trent Grisham. And you had to do more than that. This is where it got frustrating. Yet again, Tim Hill comes in this game. It's a lefty on lefty. I understand Didi Gregorius is having a very struggling season. I get the kind of matchup. Tim Hill, however, with the bases loaded, hits Didi, top of the eighth, 2-1 Philadelphia at this time. So who does our manager, the smartest man in the world, Jace Tingler, bring in? Austin Adams. I mean, Austin Adams, like, come on. He's been great. He literally just throws a slider, but it's been working. He can be very erratic at times. He can throw wild pitches. He can hit batters. And Adams is a right-handed pitcher. Didi, a left-handed batter. What are you going to expect? Didi's going to sit back, see, observe how the slider breaks, and he gets hit. Another run comes in the score. I mean, come on. I'm sorry. It was Brad Miller. I'm just ranting. So Brad Miller, yes, a lefty. Still my case. Uh, it's just unreal. Didi and Brad Miller get hit by the pitch. And I thought it was over. Two outs and a two-strike count. Jake Cronenworth comes off. <laughs> Aaron Nola, 117 pitches in. A home run that former Padre Travis Jankowski almost caught. Really nice shot, but Jankowski had a really nice effort to it. I miss Jankowski just as much as I miss Renfro on this team. But Cronenworth bringing out the swag chain. Finally, one mistake from Nola makes him pay. His 19th home run clutch brings in Fernando Tatis Jr. And then all that being done, Mark Melanson gets out of a jam in the top of the 10th. Padres now just have to walk it off at a tie ball game with the inherited runner on second and the extra inning rule. And now you do just that. A wild pitch, however, from Connor Brogdon brings in Adam Frazier from third base. I thought this was it. I thought the Padres were going to go and uh, win some games from here. They needed it, but they lose game three. So credit to Jake Cronenworth, Jake uh, from Rake Farm. At this point, that's a great meme. Uh, he's been excellent as a hidden gem for this team ever since coming up to the majors. We didn't know what he'd be. And uh, he's been an absolute stud that can go anywhere. And also, shout out, because he's been uh, a great shortstop, really putting up two good plays from his backside uh, to throw some guys out over to first base. And Eric Hosmer has just been terrific defensively, too, wherever you put him. So game three was just not it one bit. Padres start things off with a Machado sack fly. Brings in Trent Grisham. It's one nothing off Kyle Gibson. That name sounds familiar because he was in trade rumors. Could have been in the brown and gold, but was not because, you know, we have enough pitching, according to our general manager, uh, A.J. Preller. Craig Stammen started this game. Now, he did fine. However, Stammen, way back when, his first two to three years with the Nationals, they tried making him a starter. It did not work out. The Padres are limited, but they tried making him a starter. And three starts, 
Salmon has held a 6.10 ERA. Not the best. It's not going to work like that. Uh, Stammon is a reliever. He's meant to go four innings after a shortened starter. Like Ryan Weathers only going two innings. Okay, Stammon comes in, goes four. He can't open a game like that. It's not. It's just not his nature. So Stammon comes in, though, and he does fine. Two innings, two hits, two walks, one strikeout. Ryan Weathers comes in. Right when I see him warming up in the bullpen, I just said, Jay Stingler, what are you doing? Why even start stamming at this point? Weathers comes in, goes two innings, five hits, three earned runs. I mean, Miguel Diaz comes in, three hits, four earned runs. Diaz, I think, needs some time, too, in the minors. He's like Nabil Krizmat. He's been logging up some innings, too, um, out of the blue and out of nowhere. So this just wasn't it. I don't like the way Jace Tingler managed this game one bit. Not just the pitching, but he's been inconsistent with the lineup every single game. So you might hear some rants yet again, and you might see another blog going Jace Tingler's way. So Reese Hoskins, his 25th homer, ties it 1-1 off Ryan Weathers. Old Dubo Herrera, a two-RBI single, puts it 3-1 Philadelphia. Hoskins, two-home run game, number 26 off Miguel Diaz in that top of the fifth. It's 4-1 Phillies. A double two home run game. Number 11, oh, 5 1 Philadelphia at this time with a really nice shot and to center field. JT Romuto, a homers, it's 7 1. And then Austin Nola, a bases clearing double, makes the Padres just lose 7 4. So it stings a little bit less, but still just a ton. It just wasn't having it, man. Um, Padres lose the series two out of three. And uh, it was just all around pathetic. I, I have to say, it's just, where are we going with this? And the last piece I do want to talk about on this is Larry Rothschild being let go due to the pitching for the Padres being inconsistent and the injuries just piling up. Now, Larry Rothschild with the Yankees as of recent before San Diego has struggled when it comes to consistent pitching. And also, the Yankees were very tired of all the injuries happening in their franchise. Yankee fans were cheering the moment they let him go, being 65 as of right now. I did not like the move that when the Padres hired him in November of 2019. Yeah, fell yesterday. Now in 2020, Padres pitching was pretty good. And now they made some moves to try and improve on that. They got Snell. They got Darvish. Higher expectations are to be made for this team, but that does not happen. It was good for the first two months, and then it's gone downhill ever since. I think this is the right move. Larry Rothschild is old school, and for him to be let go, uh, this is a step forward in the direction to be made. Larry Rothschild just did not have it. I don't really get – I didn't get the move to begin with, and I think this is a moment to where us Yankee and Padre fans can uh, rejoice, shake hands, and say – this was it. We had to do it. And uh, yeah, it's going to be uh, interesting to see what goes on forward. So Larry Rothschild is gone. But before that, I will break into it for the Padres as a team in general. They held an ERA of 2.87 in April, March, uh, and a little bit of March in there. In May, 2.69. June, throughout August, an ERA above four. 
in order 4.23, 4.70, 4.82 in this month of August alone. It has been atrocious. The injuries have just been out there. Um, it's just, it's been a whole different staff. It's like we never traded for Snell and Darvish to begin with. And yeah, the injuries just keep piling on. So you guys can actually read about that and my other blogs on my website. Check it out on my Twitter. It's in the link tree um, in the description. My Twitter's at Grand Padres. You can check out everything on there as well as the latest and former episodes. So please do that. Would love and support uh, all the things you guys give me out there. So um, it's just, I like the move. I never liked Rothschild being hired to begin with. We have to go younger, and I think we're going to do just that. Hopefully, this is one step in the right direction. I do think that Jay Singer would be next, but stop the AJ Preller nonsense. He's a good manager, GM, but it's just not going to be happening like that. We, The pitching, keep in mind that the pitching at the trade deadline was coming for very high prices, so just stop. But Jace Tingler, don't stop with that because the inconsistent lineup cards are just annoying at this point. I think Jace Tingler is lost, and he just doesn't know what to do with the team. Heading coach could be on the way too, but just keep in mind, if the struggles continue, look out for my blogs. Larry Rothschild, no longer the San Diego Padres pitching coach, and for the right reasons. So we are going to be playing the L.A. Dodgers next. I do know that Blake Snell will be facing Walker Bueller in game two. Two, Game one is to be determined for both squads. In game three, we're facing uh, Daniel Camarena's son. His name is Max Scherzer. So that should be uh, an interesting one. We got to see how we can take on that. So the Padres play three in Petco against the LA Dodgers Tuesday through Thursday. I will see you guys after then or even just after the Anaheim series. It's a two-game set. Uh, might even extend it to no i'll see you then so i'll uh update you guys on twitter for that could be after anaheim in general just to have five complete games so i'll see you guys after either la series let's hope for the best keep the faith because the padres have the hardest schedule in the month of september alone it's not going to be easy but we're playing for that wild card see you guys soon peace Thanks for listening to this episode of the Grand Slamming Padres. Check out the podcast on Twitter at Grand Padres to read the latest blogs and get the latest episodes. New episodes come out after every series.